Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Brew Podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard, and Matt Ellis. So as we're recording this, we've got about a day till the, the first game gets underway for the new season against Yeovil. And obviously it's on TV. That's something that's happened since our last podcast. Uh, so, you know, maybe a few people watching that one. And, you know, this is our usual pre-season podcast. We'll do sort of some predictions and things towards the end. But we thought it'd be good just to come on and, and do a little bit of a roundup of pre-season and, and how it's gone and, you know, everything that's been going on. So when we did our last episode, at the time, we'd only signed one player. And that was Andy Boyce. And I think we all said that we were quite impressed by that. Um, but obviously we needed more players. Well, there's been seven more players coming. I think what I'll do is I'll just sort of read them off quite quickly and then we can maybe focus on a few individually if, if that's sort of what you want to discuss. Uh, so Elliot Whitehouse, so he's been at Lincoln, Grimsby, Forest Green, of course, um, midfielder. That's a one-year deal. Uh, Close Claire is is back. That's only a six-month job. Um, Marcus uh, Dewhurst, which is the season-long goalkeeper that we obviously needed, that's from Sheffield United. Got Colin Daniel. Uh, he's a forward or a full-back. You know, again, one-year you know, I think he's a little bit older as well, isn't he? So there's a bit of experience there. Same again with uh, Jacob Butterfield, midfielder. So, and he's obviously, he was at Barnsley, wasn't he, with Hill. Uh, Regan Ogle, and then most recently, Marcus Carver, both of those from Hartlepool. So you'd imagine a sort of Lee Turnbull connection with that one. Take anyone you want, really, from that. What, what do you make of the sort of business that we've done so far uh, before the season gets underway? I think we've done quite well, to be fair, um, given that we're sort of perennial, um, you know, summer transfer disaster merchants i think that it's been a pretty steady summer in terms of sort of in incomings we, we've got rid of a lot of the shite that we really desperately needed to get rid of um and, and, and obviously we've done that so we've created a lot of space um and i think we, we've recruited pretty well i think there's, there's a mix of kind of youth and, and experience in there um obviously you the, the brought in you know boys who's, who's kind of really experienced at this level um you know and to kind of compliment players who are already here we've got a lot of experience including kind of like feeney and and people like that and and other kind of highlights obviously butterfield you know massively experienced but kind of a, a good ball player midfielder which we probably lacked a little bit and um, which would kind of complement um people like um you know beeston and, and obviously white house has come in as well um so i think yeah i think it looks okay i think we're, we're still a little bit short up front and obviously carver's coming but he, he's, he's not match fit um yet so we probably won't see him for you know i i don't think he won't i think hill said he won't feature on saturday so we probably won't see him for sort of 10 days something like that in in, in the squad so we we still need to kind of look at I, I still think we need probably a couple more strikers to be honest maybe another center back um you know and maybe a kind of a winger or something like that but obviously we don't know if, if hill's even gonna um kind of play with wingers this season but i think that you know pretty steady i, th I thought before we started making his signings and it was getting you know kind of advancing to the summer months and we were looking a bit of a mess and kind of when the last podcast really we obviously just signed boys and we were still relative concerned that we're not brought enough in and i thought that you know we were sort of like relegation candidates but i think that after bringing in kind of obviously eight players in um i think we'll we'll be comfortable enough in the league i, I uh you know I, we'll obviously we'll go 
to predictions later but i think like you know by and large the recruitment's been good it's, it's it's been solid it's been steady it's not been spectacular um and i think that we're probably hopefully i'd like to see maybe another two or three coming i don't know if that'll happen or not i know there was supposed to be another loanee coming in this week that's not happened yet as, as we record this um so you know we'll, we'll see we'll see how we get on but you know steady steady quite quite pleased i think is is, is the operative word yeah, not over the moon, not disappointed, but we see. I think we've mainly got it right. Yeah, to be honest, I think you know when we when we were kind of talking about it in the summer, um, we were very slow off the mark really with with the signings we made. I think the rest of the uh, division had, and some of them had recruited sort of five six players, and, and I think we'd only signed Boyce. I think that was the last time we spoke. But having said that, you know, although we got off to a slow start, I think. As Matt said there, the players we've signed are okay, I think, by and large. I think, um, you know, no real kind of standout names. I suppose Butterfield's the one who's who's played a lot of football at a, a much higher level um, with, you know, a, a lot of experience and, and real quality if we can keep him fit. So I think he's, that's kind of a, a major one really to get over the line. So I was really kind of impressed with that one. Um, but I think the others, you know, there's a few wild cards in there, I think, Ogle, you know, he's not played um, that much where he's been. I know he's been at Accrington and Hartlepool, but, you know, he's he's not featured heavily, I would say, for them. You know, um, although when he has played, by all accounts, last season for Hartlepool, he, he played really well and, and he seems a really committed player, which is, you know, which is what we, what we want. Um, and Carver as well, you know, we, we don't really know much about him. I think he's, he's obviously struggled to the, with the step up to um, the Football League with Hartlepool. But I think if you look at his his goal return, um, certainly in the National League South, I think it was, um, or was it North? Maybe North for Southport. Um, you know, he's had a really good goal return. So, you know, hopefully that we might see him, you know, become become quite, um, you know, I wouldn't say prolific, but I think hopefully we can we can look at him to for a few goals. Um, you know, hopefully the, the National League is sort of a nice balance between obviously the. the National League North and South and, and obviously the Football League. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how he does. Uh, but I think, you know, it's difficult with pre-season games because, um, you know, we, we generally have an OK pre-season, even, you know, the last couple of seasons, which have been awful. Um, you know, we've, we've done OK and we've had a couple of results where you think, actually, we, we played quite well, we looked OK. Uh, so I think the big test is, is definitely going to be this weekend. Um However, you know, I was quite optimistic. Uh, I'm quite optimistic ahead of the weekend. Uh, and I think Keith Hill is as well, to be honest. Um, obviously, last season, he was very honest at times, you know, when uh, we weren't good enough. And, and he kind of said, you know, the squad's not good enough. You know, the, the player's not kind of buying into what he wants to do. But I think he's, he's, obviously, you've got to be positive before the start of the season. But if you read what he said and you listen to what he said, he does seem um, fairly happy with, sort of the recruitment he's done. Um, you know, I was just reading yesterday and he's saying that everyone's buying into what he wants to do, um, you know, that, that he trusts everyone, that there's been some good relationships built in, in this six-week pre-season. And, and he said they're very optimistic. And I think, um, you know, he's obviously got to say that. Um, there's, there's no point going into a season with, with a de- defeatist attitude. But I do think he's maybe quietly confident that, that we'll do OK. You know, I'm not expecting too much. And again, I'm not going to make any predictions because, you know, we kind of get it wrong every year. 
Um, I do think it, it might be a struggle at times, especially if some of those kind of key players get injured. I think we've got a decent 11, maybe 13 players. And then, you know, after that, we, we're struggling a little bit. I know, obviously, I've got quite a few good young players coming through um, who did get experience at the back of last year who will help. Um, but I do think, you know, if, if one of the centre-backs gets injured, one of the strikers gets injured, you know, we, we're really thin on the ground again. I think that's where we might kind of struggle a little bit. Um, but I'm not expecting that much. You know, I, I would be happy with sort of lower mid-table and, you know, a few wins and, and some decent football. I think that's kind of what everyone's hoping for. Um, and, you know, if, if we do better than that, then, then great. But, um, but yeah, I'm not setting my sights too high. But I hope, you know, with the, with the signings he's made, um, there's a nice kind of mix of experience and, and some of the young players, you know, we, we should really be staying up. But, you know, <laughs> famous last words. You mentioned it there, actually, but that was my next point I was going to come on to was the sort of the depth of the squad, because I agree with you. I think we have got a reasonably solid, you know, starting eleven. But like you say, you know, injuries to certain players, any suspension, anything like that. I mean, and you just think back, you know, I know all teams throughout a season are going to suffer with injuries. But, you know, we, we seem to get it more than most, don't we? Uh, you know, at, and how many people do we lose every season? Is is the depth concerning? And then maybe to counteract that, I suppose, do you think yeah. it's slightly different given the fact that, you know, we're not, as far as I understand it, we're not held to transfer windows like we are in the Football League. And, you know, in theory, we could get like a short-term cover you know, maybe easily. I don't, I don't know. It depends sort of who's available and things like that. I think that's how it's supposed to work. I think, <clears throat> um, you know, it should be easy to just kind of dip in and get a player on, on sort of like non-contract terms or something like that. But it's... Uh, you know, I, I prefer we didn't do it this way <clears throat> with the smaller squads. Um, however, you know, we are a little bit paper thin in places. Um, I think you, you're completely right. And one or two injuries to the key players and, and we're looking pretty, you know, um, sort of difficult to see as being competitive, I suppose, um, with injuries there. So um, it, it's it's nicer to have the the backup players in there to, to create competition for places um, and things like that before the season starts. But obviously, I realise we're working to a sort of a specific budget really um so maybe that's not the case at the moment um so it's not ideal but having said that if, if you can kind of just like go out and sign a player without any um sort of transfer window restrictions it makes it a little bit easier than it would do in the football league hopefully that'll sort of be kind of remedied if 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 the um obviously the, the, the kind of new owners come in in in, in kind of in good time and, and then maybe inject a little bit of extra cash so we could go out and bring a few more players in that we need to cover those spaces or make you know create more competition for the first team um spaces but yeah again it is a concern and you are right we always get injuries and you know obviously Hallam's already out long term again um so you know um it's, it's another man down it's another space it's it's just another kind of wage that's essentially wasted on a player who can't play um so you know we that's that I'm sure that's something that kind of the manager would have looked to kind of address with the signings he's made um however some of the ones that have come in that there is question marks over the fitness you know Obviously, Carver's coming is not fit at the moment. Um, and kind of some, some other players who, who kind of got relative history of, of injury. Um, but again, you know, sometimes we're restricted to signing these players just because not everybody wants to come to Scunthorpe because the kind of the plight we're in at the minute. So it's it's sort of a catch-22. It's difficult. You, you, you can't really win either way. Um, but we'll have to just see how we go, really, and, and just hope that there's a few more signings coming like, on the horizon. Apparently, there is. There was supposed to be, as I said, somebody coming in this week, but they've not come in yet. So, um, you know hopefully change of owners and a little bit of kind of more impetus on, on going out and signing more players is, is what we can hope to see. Um, but as, as the squad stands at the minute, without an injuries, we are going to be competitive. But as, as you said, you know, a couple of injuries and we're, we're looking a little bit, um, 
you know, it's a little bit concerning with that. You mentioned the owners there. I think should we should we just maybe do that now because you know it feeds in and and it's it's something that we obviously spoke to Peter Swan and you know everything was going in the right direction seemingly. There was indication that it might be done before the season. I think that's looking extremely unlikely now unless it's uh, just our luck that we'll finish recording and something will get announced as it often does. Um, but you know what what are you making of the situation? Do you think the fact that we are going to go in? you know, with, without new owners seemingly is a problem or not? Because, I mean, the actual atmosphere around the club, maybe this is something we can talk about as well, it, it seems to be a lot more optimistic, a lot more positive, certainly in the last couple of weeks. I know there's been a heavy emphasis on, you know, Turnbull's been going out in the community and, and things like that. And, you know, there seems to be, a, you know, a big effort of a lot of things going on before the game starts tomorrow, you know, outside the ground and things like that. So I think there has been a bit of a shift in atmosphere. But what, what do you make of the sort of, owner and the, the takeover situation at the minute? Yeah, I mean, it's <clears throat> it's the difficult one because, to be honest, um, I think, you know, if if we're as close as, um, you know, Swan came on a few weeks ago and said, you know, we, we're in the final stages and, and a bid's been accepted or, you know, a price has been accepted and it was just the fit and proper person's test to complete, um, you know, we now understand that's been completed. So, you know, we, we must be in the, you know, t- towards completion um i think to get from sort of the end of last season um when he did say he'd, he'd be willing to sell the club to this point now you know it's not taken that long really i think other clubs have have been in this situation a lot longer um i know oldham have obviously got their takeover done relatively quickly as well so it, it proves it can be done uh, but i do think um you know in the grand scheme of things it's not taken that long you know obviously nothing's complete yet but um spoke to Swan this morning and, and he said it was still ongoing and um, hadn't fallen through or anything like that because obviously I think people were hoping it would be done before this weekend there was suggestion it, it could potentially be I think Swan sort of suggested if all the paperwork came back and, and things were kind of um, ready to go it, it could potentially be done in you know before the start of the season and, and the ownership of the ground and things like that could be uh, transferred within a couple of days obviously that's not happened at the moment but you know, I think I think we still are close. You know, I think obviously rumours, the longer it goes on, people will be saying, you know, it's, it's fallen through, this and that, but apparently not. You know, it's, it's still ongoing and, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. But I don't think anything's going to happen now before um, the Oval game. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be next week at the earliest. Um, but it does sound like, you know, that there's still kind of a few little things to sort out and, and that's, you know, that work's going on behind the scenes. But I think, yeah, to get to this stage, um, you know, I know a lot of fans would, would like it done as soon as possible. Uh, I think Swan would like it done as soon as possible. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, it's not a straightforward process. There's there's various things that, that need to be done and I'm sure that, um, you know, it, it will get done eventually. But yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how, you know, some of the fans react at the weekend. Obviously, as you say, Brad, there's been a big emphasis on um, trying to create a bit more of a positive atmosphere. And I think Lee Turnbull and, and Neil and, and a few others deserve, you know, James and, and a few others at the club deserve a lot of, of credit for that. Because I think they've, um, you know, put in a lot of work in the past couple of weeks, um, <clears throat> you know, to to try and make this Yeovil game something to look forward to and, and try and get things right off the pitch in terms of sort of the, the pre-match entertainment and I understand there's going to be a marquee and things there uh, the weekend, so that's a step forward. Um, but again, you know, until until that sale's done, I, I do think the ones that are staying away, 
Um, yeah, I still don't think there's there's enough really to to tempt them back as yet. Um, you know, although that is a shame because of the work that's been going on. Um, I think that there are some that just won't return until obviously um, new owners are in place. I suppose yeah. tomorrow being on the TV as well sort of gives an extra option as well in that you could still see the game without actually being there. Yeah, exactly. And I think this year without the iFollow and things like that, given given there's no iFollow in the National League, obviously it's going to be more difficult for fans to actually stay away but still watch the game. You know, it's it's just going to be commentaries and, and that's it. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the next few weeks. But yeah, with, with the Oval, you know, it's... it's it's, it's obviously a long, long way for them to travel. I can't see them coming in in very big numbers, given the reason you know you just said. You know, I think even when they used to they come in the league, it was they only brought a couple of hundred. Um, and given it's going to be on telly tomorrow, um, you know, we'll be looking for a hundred. I think coming from Yeovil, so yeah, the crowd's going to be really interesting. Um, given a bit more positivity around the place, given the signings of, of late and some decent pre-season results. It's going to be um, a good gauge, really, to see how many people um, do turn up. I think with the season tickets, they, they definitely sold more than I thought they would. Um, I actually was was a little bit concerned it might be below a thousand this season, given you know everything that's that's gone on. But um, you know, I think that was a good effort to sell as many as they have. But yeah, I think we we might just get over two thousand. But yeah, I, I can't see much more than that to be honest. And it's going to be interesting how how the fans react, obviously. Back end of last season, we saw the protests, things like that. Um, not really heard anything for the weekend, and I do think, you know, kind of judging on social media, things like that. Um, you know, quite a few of them uh, that the were sort of protesting at the back end of the season. I think they do understand that Swan is is trying to sell the club, and and we are close to selling the club. So, um, you know, hopefully um, that that gets done sooner rather than later for everyone concerned, really. Well, I think just before we sort of wrap up and maybe maybe look at the season as a whole, as, as Matt says at the beginning, uh, we've had a couple of questions in. Again, we've covered a fair amount of it. But, uh, well, how about this one? Yeah, because th- this is something that's been on, you know, a lot of people have been talking about. Uh, who do we think our top goal scorer will be this season? And, and I suppose it is an interesting question, isn't it, really? Because I think, as, as we, I think we've all said, I, I think we'd probably like another striker in, wouldn't we? But it, it's even if you get that, it, it's very difficult to get you sort of you know, your 15, 20 goals a season, you know, striker, they're, just, they're sort of not there or they're not coming to Scunthorpe, are they? No, I think it's, it's a difficult one to call, actually, because I think, like, sort of traditionally Hills teams have been, they, they don't have, like, one top scorer. They, they quite a lot of players chipping with goals, and I think that's probably what it's going to be like this season. And, and I can't personally see, um, you know, at the moment in the squad, you know, who, who's going to score most of our goals. Um, you know, like not, nobody's particularly got a great scoring record. Um, you know, for, for Nuttall, for example, has barely scored any. Um, having said that, I think he's probably, he probably will have a decent season. Um but I, I don't really know who's going to be our top scorer. Um, you know, I, I genuinely couldn't say. I, I don't know, which is not very useful, is it? Um, to be honest, but I, I don't know. I think we're probably going to have a lot of players. Um, if, if we have a, a relatively decent season, who who might get to like six or seven goals each, and we might have, you know, a few players on that. Um, and I think um, it'd be interesting to see how key set pieces are in this league as well, because again, you know, kind of Boyce and, and Taft are, are, are pretty big, so. Hopefully they'll be chipping in with goals from from set pieces from corners and things like that. And obviously, if if Amal is fit and playing, and and he's taking the set pieces, he's he's got a great you know he's great deliverer of the ball through set pieces. So we really should be scoring plenty of goals from set pieces this season. Um, and obviously, watching some of the 
um, kind of the, the games from the playoffs at the end of last season for the National League, there was a huge emphasis on scoring goals from set pieces, you know, long throws, corners, free kicks and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be integral to, to kind of how we perform this season. And so it'd be good to see us, us, us score a lot of set pieces. I, I remember when, um, you know, oh God, it was ages ago when Butler scored like 18 goals from centre-back or something insane like that. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, obviously that's not going to happen. So it'd be interesting to see, but I, I honestly cannot single out one player who's going to score um, more goals than anybody else. And it would not surprise me if one of the players that does that this season isn't actually here yet as well. Yeah, again, it's difficult to call. I think if you look at the pre-season games, obviously Feeney's weighed in with a few. Um, it's going to be interesting now Carver's in how, obviously, Nuttall and, and Carver work. You know, is it going to be two up front? Is it going to be sort of... It's, it's going to be interesting because obviously we've seen that 4-3-3 in pre-season as well. I know Nuttall sort of played played wider the three as well in, in certain games in pre-season um, rather than down the middle. But I think if you look at um, Nuttall in pre-season, he's not really, I think he's maybe scored one, but he did create quite a few. I think he's, he's maybe got two, three, four assists. Um, and I think that's going to be interesting this year because obviously um, didn't really score many last season when he came in. However, you know, I think there's definitely something there with him. I know, obviously, um, a lot of fans haven't really forgiven him for for what happened at the back end of last season. Um, but I do think there's something there. And I just hope, you know, with a full pre-season under his belt, that he can kind of start to prove a few people wrong, to be honest. Um, I think he, he definitely does have the ability. And it's going to be interesting, really, of the two, um, Carver and Nuttall, you know, who's who's going to be sort of your target man, who's going to be laying it off, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and who's going to be kind of in and around the box to, to kind of, you know, put the ball in the net. It's, it's going to be um, interesting to see because I think Hill was talking about Carver as a bit more of a target man. Um, whereas I've seen, you know, fans of other clubs he's played for that, that say he's a bit of a poacher and, and you know, he'll, he'll just um, be a bit of a goal hanger and uh, and maybe that's what we've been missing as well for the last couple of seasons. So, um, yeah, I think, as Matt says, there's a few that, that could chip in with goals. Uh, I'd like to see Beeston get get back to form really obviously last season a bit of a write-off wasn't it given given Covid and things like that um, you know I think if he's back and he's fully fit um, and firing you know you'd, you'd hope he can chip in with maybe five or six from midfield um, you know we, we saw him do it a couple of seasons ago when he came up with some really good goals you know arriving late into the box and, and finishing things off and you know given um, given we've got a couple of other players, um, Whitehouse and, and obviously Butterfield in central midfield as well, maybe that'll give him more licence to get forward and get on the end of things. And I think in pre-season, he's already done that, hasn't he? He's, he's definitely scored one, that I think the Sheffield United game, um, where he scored one that when he when he was kind of arriving late. Um, so yeah, he's one, you know, if he's, if he's fully fit, he should be a decent player at this level. Um, obviously, as we've said, Feeney and, and the two centre-backs as well, I think they've both scored in pre-season, which is good. Um, and we should be really scoring more from from that delivery that, that Matt mentions there because, you know, O'Malley's got a fantastic delivery. Um, and I think actually Daniel, um, from what I've seen in pre-season, I know he's missed a couple of games, um, but that Sheffield United game, you know, he's put a couple of good balls in, uh, got a couple of goals himself. So, you know, he, he might chip in as well. Um, but I do think it's going to be sort of a, a team effort rather than sort of all on one man. And, and I think that's what you want. But yeah, it's just whether we've got enough goals in this side, really. And I think, obviously, time will tell. I know there's a lot of fans that would say, you know, we've got no goals in the side. Um, I think there's others that maybe look at it 
um, you know, like, potentially like like we're looking at it, like the goals may be shared. But yeah, we, we do need to start creating more. And I think pre-season shown that, that we might might be on the right way, um, you know, the right path to do that. But um, yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll know more in the next couple of weeks. Maybe just one more before we look to wrap up. Uh, one from Stefan here says, do you think the lack of pace in the team will be a problem? Do you, do you think there is a lack of pace with sort of what we've got? And I suppose it will also then come into sort of what we've just been saying there in terms of how actually Hill sets up that first 11 as well. Yeah, you know, I think I saw one of the uh, National League previews um, and they were kind of highlighting uh, lack of pace at the back. You know, Boyce and um, and Taft might get caught for pace. Um, I don't know, really. It's difficult because, you know, you think back to sort of probably, well, certainly one of our best defensive partnerships, central, central defensive partnerships, um, I can remember in, in Crosby and Steve Foster. Uh, and, you know, neither were really quick you know but I think it was all about positioning with with those two and you look at Boyce um, I think Taft I mean we've, we've seen him over the, over the past couple of seasons really struggle to be honest um, especially last season you know he, he, he was really poor but I think with Boyce alongside him hopefully he'll, he'll be able to talk him through the games and I think both of them really with, with the amount of experience they have um, should be able to read the game a little bit more should be able to you know positionally they should be able to kind of um, maybe negate the, the the pace a little bit that that maybe uh, will come up against. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I've I've not seen enough of pre-season to be honest to to kind of know whether we're we're short on pace. But you know, I think it would be nice to have some up front. You know, on the wing, something like that. I think um, you know we we had it in green, didn't we? And I know we didn't have a massive amount of football in ability, but every now and again, um, you know, he, he did look quite good when when we used his pace. And I think you know someone like that. With, with a bit more end product would be good. Um, whether we can find someone, um, who knows? But I think, yeah, it's it's going to be going to be um, evident, isn't it, in the next couple of weeks whether we are lacking a little bit in pace. I, I think pre-season, um, you know, not really. I think the Rochdale game. You look at the goals of the Rochdale game, uh, but obviously Boyce. I don't know if Boyce played that one. I can't remember if he played that one, but I think he was missing. No, that was the, that was the one where I think he came on for like a minute at the end. That was one of the only ones I did actually manage to get to this preseason. Um, yeah, yeah, he came on right, right at the end. Yeah, and I think you know we probably saw defending a bit like last season, didn't we? Where you know not not particularly organised, some mistakes creeping in, and, and maybe caught for pace a little bit. So I think Boyce is actually going to be key, uh, keeping Boyce fit to talk the rest of them through and, and kind of um, you know. Get them to defend as, as sort of he expects, and as, as a bit of a bit of a defensive sort of partnership. Um, I think if we do miss him for any length of time, I think we might struggle a little bit. And I think that's that's the key thing, really. I think it's more organisational rather than pace. So hopefully not, but um, but yeah, it's, it's a good point. Let's start to bring this to a close then. So on these ones, we do we often have done like a, a prediction for the season. I think it's very hard to do for this year because it's it's sort of new territory isn't it you know we don't really know a lot of these teams we don't really know how it's going to go as i say we can sort of analyze pre-season as a whole like we are doing but until you sort of see them in action in the sort of the the proper fixtures you, you don't really know i think how it's going to go I, th- I don't know for me i think when we went down last season i was concerned that it might be you know same again um i think with what we've brought in so far and and hopefully if we, you know, if there's new owners and as Matt was saying, a little bit more money, maybe we get another couple in as well. I, I don't think we're going to be going down. I, I'm not expecting really anything else. I think mid-table would be probably what I'm looking at this season. I think that's where I'd expect us to be right about now. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to give you two predictions um, and I'm always wrong. So, um, you know, don't listen to what I'm saying. But I think without uh, new owners being kind of secured or announced in good time, I think we're going to be looking at about 11th. However, if we do get the new owners in and they come in with a little bit of intent and and, and a little bit of money to, to kind of invest in, in the playing squad, I think we might be looking close to 7th. Well. Wow. Yeah, to be honest, um, I'm not that optimistic. I think we'll we'll be okay. I, I don't think we're going to go down. Um, I hope not anyway, but I, I do think, you know, if we can keep that sort of um, nucleus of the, the squad together uh, and fit, um, I think we'll be okay. Uh, I'm with you, Brad, to be honest. I'd, I'd be happy with mid-table. But I do think it's, it's going to be interesting, obviously, the, the ownership situation. Um, if that gets done, if they come in and, and want to kind of strengthen the side a little bit, maybe make some cash available for, for Hill to spend. You know, who knows? Uh, but I think at the moment with the players we've got in, uh, some of the young players coming through, um, you know, I think I think we've got to consolidate. I think that's that's the main thing. I think the worst thing uh, we can do is get off to a really bad start and, um, you know, be looking over our shoulder early on because I think we know... Um, you know, from experience, once we get into that sort of losing run, um, it's been very hard to get out of it, um, especially with a young side. Um, I know we've got a few more experienced players in there this season, which which will help. But yeah, I think it, it's it's really um, it could go many ways. But I think there's there's different things that that can kind of influence that, um, and and that ownership situation is is certainly one because I think at the moment whether we've got any more room in the budget. Um, you know, I'd heard there was a little bit of room to manoeuvre before Carver came in. Um, you know, you, you'd hope there's maybe enough money there for for one more um, at least. Um, you know, if we get someone in on loan, you know, that 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 might be a, a way we can do it. But um, you know, yeah, as I say, if that new owner comes in and, and wants to spend a little bit of money, then that kind of changes things completely again. Um, you know, if we sign the right players with with that budget. Uh, but I, you know, I think. Keith sounds a little bit more optimistic than last season. You know, he, he said there's a plan. He's, he said there's a bit more of an identity. Um, and you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, he's he's got to deliver now. I think he's he's made the squad his own. He's obviously brought some young players through, um, which you know he, he believes they're good enough. And I think ultimately now, um, you know, he's got to deliver. The team have got to deliver. Um, and I, I'm sure he'll be aware of that as well, because you know, if if a new owner comes in and things aren't quite going to plan. Um, you know, you think back to when Swan came in, obviously it wasn't going too well for Lawsy. Um, he wasn't afraid to make that change um, relatively early. And I think, you know, that, that would probably happen again. So, you know, we, we've got to get off to a good start. If we get off to a good start, um, you know, I, th- I think we'll be OK. But yeah, the worst thing we can do is kind of um, lose at the weekend. And then we've got a couple of tougher away trips and, and things coming up and, um, you know, we can get getting that kind of downward spiral again which which I hope isn't going to happen but you know this um this good feeling and momentum that's slowly starting to build I think could could certainly uh, you know be uh, be well it could certainly stop couldn't it, it, it if we uh, if we don't win the next couple of games or if we don't have a good start um and then the negativity creeps in and and people are getting worried again so um, yeah I'd say mid-table, I think, Brad. I think that's that's a relatively um, good good place to aim at. Something to note as well is, I think, according to Iron Stats, um, Hill is one game away from setting a new record for a winless streak for an Iron manager as well. So there is already a little bit of pressure <laughs> on. 
Yeah, that's it. You know, with with Hill, obviously he's he must have. I think he had, he must have the worst record now in terms of uh, win percentage, or, or certainly in the lowest couple. Um, but for me, the because of what was happening, obviously it's one step back. There's never really been any pressure on him from sort of um, the board. I would say. Um, I know Swan had, had suggested when we spoke um, that he's not in charge of any decisions. So obviously if, if Turnbull decided that it was time for Hill to go, then that would be his decision. You know, whether that's the case or not, I don't know. Obviously yeah, when it comes to sort of payoffs and things like that, um, I'm, I'm sure that would be down to Swan at this moment in time. Um, so, you know, we, we can only, you know, take, take that at face value. Um, last season he got free reign, didn't he? I think. And, and obviously he put the kids in there Um the positive is they've had a lot more experience that they they maybe wouldn't have had. Um, obviously, we ended the season with a, a really poor points tally and, and we're embarrassed, to be honest, weren't we, by the end of it. But, you know, he's, he's, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, if there, there should be more pressure on him this season to deliver. He's got a squad that he says should be good enough. Um, and, you know, he, he's got to start picking the wins up because, you know, he's not been good enough and there's not been sort of, that pressure on him really obviously he puts pressure on himself and I'm sure he's not happy with the um his record here but um you know yeah as I say it's his players now he's kind of molded this squad and I'm sure he will do further if he's given the opportunity in the next couple of weeks um to strengthen it um so yeah it's it's, it's really you know he's got to deliver now and, and the time for talking really has ended and, and he's got to prove now that he is a good manager because we've seen it elsewhere and he has got a good record and that's you know, when he first came in, we, we you can't question his record elsewhere. But here, it's just not been good enough and he's got to turn that round and, and that's got to start this weekend. Yeah, and I think let's leave it there then. So, season kicks off tomorrow. I I, I must say, I'm actually I'm looking forward to it. I think hopefully it'll be a decent game. And like I say, that, there's been a bit of a decent atmosphere around it and hopefully we can capitalise on that. We'll be back very soon, actually, because we will do one pretty much straight after the Oval game. We'll have a bit of a review of that one. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening to this. And yeah, we'll see you for the next episodes and for the rest of this season of the podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 